It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. This is John Sadak. While you were away, we had a mound visit, and it looks like they might be making a change. Yep, yep, they're going to the lefty in the bullpen. It's Southpaw Sizzle. Here comes Stephen Offenbaker. Welcome in to another edition of the Lefty in the Bullpen. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker. The Lefty in the Bullpen is brought to you by the Locked on Reds podcast. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We have had an amazing run of guests in the last few weeks that have, have gotten to have a conversation with us and, and brought that information straight to you. And today is no different. It is very timely. Uh, it's very, very exciting to, to have this guest because he, he is the talk of the town right now. As a matter of fact, uh, several of the Cincinnati media outlets have been talking about him almost nonstop since last week when the injury to Joey Votto was revealed to uh, be significant enough to end his season. Today, we have for you the one and only Spencer Steer, who currently is lighting the world on fire down in Louisville. Spencer, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So we will dive right into this. I'm not sure if you are aware just how much of uh, a talk of the town you are right now, because since the injury to Joey Votto, uh, a lot of the beat writers, a lot of the independent media, uh, both myself and my co-host Jeff Carr on this show, have been talking about what we would like to see the Reds do for the remainder of the year. And almost to a person, uh, your name comes up in that conversation because there are many that believe that your time could be right now uh, to get a look at the big leagues, to to jump in at third base for the Reds, uh, make some different position moves with the big league club to to free up that spot for you. Have, are you aware of the talk that's been going on in the last several days that surrounds you? Um. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen some of it, uh, but, you know, I try to, you know, try to, that's all kind of noise, you know, the only thing I can really control is, is going out there and playing every day and, and, uh, you know, keep doing what I'm doing. So, you know, everything, uh, everything else is kind of out of my control. So I just try to focus on, you know, like tonight going out there and getting a couple hits and getting on base. Well, I'll try not to harp on this too much, but we have done a couple live shows this week. And in every one of those live shows where we were taking questions from the listeners, your name has come up specifically about the benefits that a quote unquote cup of coffee might bring for you. And I'd, I'd be interested to get your opinion. You've moved through the levels of the minor leagues. Now you've played for a couple different organizations, which we'll touch on here in a minute, but I'm curious uh, from your standpoint, as you've moved into a new level each time, what would be the benefit to say getting a cup of coffee to what you would do in the off season? Would it be able to, to help you prepare better heading into next season? Would it give you uh, more things to work on? What, what would be the benefit of a, a quick look through the month of September at the big league level? Um, I think, you know, obviously it wouldn't hurt at all, you know, um, being able to get that experience at the highest level um, and get my feet wet and start to get comfortable. Um, I think that would help me, you know, hopefully making the team next year and getting my you know, landing with my feet running, you know? So I think that would really help. And then, you know, start to build relationships and just get comfortable. I think that's a huge thing. Um, you know, a lot of guys talk about when they first go up to the big leagues is 
you have to feel like you belong. You have to feel um, it's, it's getting settling in or settling in up there is probably the hardest part. So, um, yeah, I think it would it would only help. Tell me a little bit about your history as far as changing levels. Are you a guy that's able to just kind of dive right in there and get comfortable? Does it usually take you a minute to get settled? Uh, what's it like for you personally when you move from team to team and level to level? Yeah, I think it's always easier, you know, moving up a level within an organization because you're familiar with guys because usually you've played with a couple of the guys before, you know, through spring training or whatever. Um, but, you know, moving organizations, coming over the Reds a couple weeks ago, um, it's a little different. You know, I didn't know anybody, um, never played against the Reds, so never even played against any of these guys. So it was different coming over here, just being the new guy. But, you know, everyone was really welcoming, um, helped me get, you know, settled in. And, and yeah, I just kind of keep my head down and, and just, you know, work hard and, and try to, you know, gain the respect to – of my teammates before, you know, um, you're the, you're the loud guy in the locker room or whatever it is, you know? So I just try to keep my head down and, and, you know, um, gain, gain some respect and, and then, uh, you know, naturally you kind of just, you settle in, you get to know people and then, you know, it's like, it's normal now to me. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's different, you know, going from team to team, um, rather, you know, level to level within an organization. The minor league uh, baseball website, MILB.com, has you listed as a second baseman. I see from the, the game logs that you spent time at second, at short, at third base. What would you say is your natural position? Where are you most comfortable? Yeah, I get this question a lot, actually. Um, I mean, I wouldn't even say I have, like, a natural spot anymore just because how much I've been floating around the last couple of years. Um, you know, I've been – playing mostly second and third, um, sprinkling shortstop every now and then. So I'd say it's either second or third, um, you know, because that's where I'm playing majority of the time. So, um, but, you know, they're all interchangeable to me. You know, I like I like switching it up. I like getting a different look every night. So um, I wouldn't say there's there's one I would, I would pick over the other at this point. We had uh, Matt McClain on last week. And uh, he's been like you're you're talking about playing a couple different positions down in Chattanooga, and one of the com part of the conversation we had was that uh, if you can play shortstop, you can pretty much play anywhere on the infield. You know, all those guys are pretty much natural athletes. Do you agree with that assessment? I know you sprinkle in shortstop, so obviously you have the athletic ability to play there. Is it is it becoming the norm that we're just going to have um, all of these former shortstops that we've moved around to, to fill these other positions just because they're so athletic. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely the toughest position in the infield. Um, if not on the field, um, you know, it takes a lot of obviously athletic ability and, and there's a, there's a leadership part that goes into it too. Um, you know, taking, taking control, you know, most of the cuts and relays and, and uh, kind of the, the whole deal, infield of defense kind of flows through you. So, um, yeah, it takes athletic ability, but I think there's also, you know, um, a leadership aspect of being a shortstop as well. So, yeah, I think, I think once you have that down, you can, you can prove you can play some shortstop. It's pretty easy to, uh, to move you to pretty much any other position. So at the big league level right now, there's a guy that uh, has kind of planted his flag at second base, and that is the you know defending National League Rookie of the Year, Jonathan India. 
So the spots that would be open, say for a, a September call up, uh, would probably be third base. How do you feel comfort level wise at third base? What's different about playing on the hot corner versus say second base? How do you like it over there? Yeah. Third, third base is probably, um, you know, throughout my entire baseball career, including college, high school is where I played the most in my life. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just as comfortable there as I am at third and, and short. And, um, it's, a it's just different because there's a lot more, you know, reaction involved. Um, you know, a lot more slow rollers. There's not really, it never feels like there's a routine play over third base. You know, it's either a play on the run or, or, you know, a hot shot right at you. So, um, it's a fun position though. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of really fun plays to be made and you can make some web gems over there. So, um, yeah, I, I like third base just as much as uh, any of the other spots. I got to tell you watching games, uh, there's not a game that goes by where I don't worry about a, a third baseman losing his head the way that those balls come at you so fast. I don't know. I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know that there was ever a time in my life I could I could have the reaction time and do the things that you folks do on the hot corner. So, you know, hat tip to you. It, it's amazing athletic ability uh, what you guys do over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> when. uh you, you mentioned being traded and I'm sure that that, uh, was a interesting day. We'll call it that, you know, obviously, uh, you're in the Minnesota twins organization and, and you and a few of your friends, uh, get sent to Cincinnati for starting pitcher, Tyler Malley. Uh, let's, let's go back to that day. Uh, how did you find out about the trade? Were you, were you kind of prepared ahead of time that you might be dealt? What did that day look like? I had a, a little idea um, that my name was kind of getting thrown around in trade talks, um, but I really didn't think it was going to happen. You know, uh, I was actually on the bus in Omaha. We were on the road. Um, yeah, I was on the bus, um, actually on the way to the field. and get a call from our farm director, told me I was traded. So literally took the bus to the field, grabbed my stuff, and then just went right back to the hotel. Um, and then the next, you know, 24 hours was kind of a whirlwind, um, after that. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a crazy experience. You don't think you're going to be the guy that's in the trade. And then next thing you know, you're, you're on a flight to, to Indianapolis and, and meeting up with your, your new team. So now that you're a Louisville bat and I, I, I really, uh, think they do a great job down there at triple a as far as the the fan experience as far as the product that's on the field the whole environment down there is great in my estimation uh, coming over from another organization walking into this reds minor league system the reds have spent a lot of time and effort the last several years beefing up this system making improvements moving more towards uh the ability to provide information uh utilizing analytics more what has been your experience walking in now to the triple a level as far as support from coaches information uh to make yourself better uh tips, things they're asking you to do differently. Just kind of walk me through this new experience of Louisville in the Reds AAA system. The staff's been great, um, you know, the past two weeks since I've been here. And they've been really helpful and they've been very good at, you know, communicating, um, making sure we have everything we need, asking if they can do anything different. Um, and they've just done a really good job of, you know, letting us be pros and letting us kind of dictate 
what we need um, on a daily basis. You know, they're they're big on um, whatever you know you need to do to get ready for a game, and, and we're going to be here to help you with that. Um, and then they've also just done a lot of, of um, you know, early work and, and stuff like that, helping me get comfortable um, with the new routines and everything like that. And, and they've been great so far. And, and uh, you know, I couldn't, couldn't be happier with the transition and, and, and how they've helped me, you know, get acclimated with the, uh, the new team and everything. What does preparation look like for you? Are you a, an old school type baseball guy? Do you use the analytics and, and all the information that just seems to be an endless supply out there? Do you watch film? And what do you do to get ready for a game? Um, so, you know, baseball wise, swing wise, I try to keep it, you know, simple. Less is more um, for me and in, in my routine work in the cages. So um, that that routine um, you know, before batting practice in the cage and then batting practices hasn't changed much for me um, over the past couple of years. Um, but, you know, information wise, analytics, I think it's all it's all great. There's so much information that you kind of have to pick and choose um, what you want to look at. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we have a ridiculous amount of information on the pitcher um, that we're facing that night and all their bullpen arms. So. You know, right when we get in the cages, I'll look at who we're seeing that night and see all of his numbers. Um, and then right next to all the analytics, they got video of his last start um, playing. So, you know, after I get my cage work done, I'll, I'll watch some more video. And, yeah, so, I mean, we get access to a ton of information. And, and I think it, it really helps you prepare how you need to prepare to face that certain pitcher and what, what he has. So. Um, yeah, it's just all really good information. I think so. Uh, really useful at this level for sure. With, uh, with there being so much information, is there consistently certain things you like to pick out to, to look at on a pitcher or does it vary start to start? What, what do you look for when you're there? I mean, there's so much now every, every game is on video. There's so much information available. How do you narrow that down? What specific things do you look for that help you, uh, be ready to face a guy? So obviously besides, you know, looking at his pitches and, you know, his usages on his pitches and, you know, the movement and, and what they're doing, um, I really like to look at their most previous start and what they did then. Um, because when you look at the grand scheme of their season, um, I don't think that says a whole lot because sometimes guys, you know, add a new pitch, um, you know, aren't using an old pitch that they're using earlier in the year. Um, and you know, their usages, I like to look at their most previous start. So if this guy was change up heavy against righties, his last start, you know, that's useful information because it says on the season, he only uses that pitch 10% of the time, but his last start used it 30% of the time against righties. So I think, um, stuff like that really helps because, you know, tonight we're facing that guy and he comes out throwing a bunch of change ups and we're like, Oh, he only uses it 10% of the time. But if you look at his last start, he used to a lot more. So I think stuff like that's really important to look at because, you know, it's a long season and, and, you know, guys are always evolving, always changing, always trying new things. So um, I think that's the, the most important thing for me is, is kind of looking at what have they been doing recently. If, if you were on 
a baseball job interview and asked to describe your game and and the the positive aspects of it, how would you answer that question? I would say um, you know what you're getting out of me on a daily basis. You know that you know I'm gonna show up and and I'm gonna be consistent, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put together consistently good at bats every time I go up to the plate. Um, and I think that I pride myself on that, that I don't have bad at bats very, uh, very often. And, and that's kind of my goal because baseball, it's hard to control where the ball goes after you hit it. So the only thing you can't control is, is taking good swings and good pitches. So that's kind of what I try to dumb it down to. And I think, uh, that's, you know, a big strength of mine. Looking at the season you've put together and under a circumstance, I mean, you've played for three teams this year at two different levels. Looking at your 2022, uh, how have you managed to, you talked about the noise earlier when I asked you about uh, the call-up talk. How have you been able to remain so laser focused and so consistent with all of these other things going on around you? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, um, like I said, I try to, I just try to zone it all out. Um, and you know, my college coach, George Horton, he's always preached control the controllables. So that's kind of like, that's kind of my mantra is, is just control what you can control. And I can't control any of that. People are going to talk. They're going to say what they want. They're going to, you know, think they have all the answers and, um, and for me, like, I just – everything needs to be simple. Like, baseball is a hard game. I got to try to keep it simple. Like, life's complicated. Got to try to keep it simple. And so, for me, all I'm focused on is controlling what I can control, and that's going out and playing baseball and just trying to be as consistent as I can and hit the ball hard. You know, like, that's as simple as it gets, and that's the only things I can control. So, um that's kind of what keeps me grounded. It kind of just keeps me, you know, where my feet are and it helps me, you know, stay in the moment and enjoy what I'm doing and ultimately, you know, playing a game for a living. So at those three levels combined, you have a, a pretty good slash line. It's 376, 367, 532. Uh, since your arrival in Louisville in 14 games, a slash line of 321, 406, 554. Uh, these are pretty good numbers. There's, I mean, it's probably difficult to single out an area, but is there something in there that, that your primary focus of working on, we talked about what you're really good at. Is there, is there something within your game with what you're doing right now? Uh, that's a focus to improve that you would like to see a better result with. My, uh, my big goal coming into this year, uh, was last year out of the power and then my strikeouts went up, walks kind of went down. So I was just trying to uh, figure out a way to kind of go back to my old self a little bit where I was walking more, striking out less when I was hitting for less power um, and try to, you know, combine hitting for power, striking out less, walking more. You know, that's obviously your ideal player, but I think I'm capable of doing that. So I think the big thing for me this year um, was just trying to strike out less put the ball in play as much as I can and, and, you know, be patient enough to take my walks when they're there. Um, 
so yeah, that's that's been my big uh, focus and big goal for for the the duration of the season. One of the things I like to do with this show, Spencer, is give our listeners and Reds fans, you know, pretty much that stretch all the way from Daytona to to Dayton, Cincinnati Reds fans in in Reds country, an opportunity to get to know some of the guys that we think are going to be in Cincinnati uh, sooner than later. And you definitely fit that bill. So uh, to take these last few minutes, I'd like to just to kind of get to know you a little bit better. Uh, Let's assume that uh, you get that phone call, whether it's this season or next, it's going to happen that you end up a member of the Cincinnati Reds. Who is your first phone call after you get the news? Oh, hundred percent a conference call with mom and dad. They would, they would definitely be the first ones to find out. So your, uh, your baseball journey, your, uh, your life to professional baseball, uh, I imagine they played a, a fairly significant role in that. What was your baseball come up like? Were you a little league kid? Were you travel ball? How did you, uh, how did you get here? So I grew up playing uh, little league. Um, well, actually I've, I have a twin brother and two other brothers who are twins. So I have a pretty crazy, I have a pretty crazy childhood. So I got to play on the same team as my three other brothers in Little League. Um, I think it was my 10 year old year, they were 12. So I grew up, you know, playing in the same leagues as them. Um, and then I didn't really do the travel ball until sophomore year of high school. Um, but got to play with my brothers in high school. We all went to the same high school, played baseball. Um, so have we seen an all steer infield? Has that happened where you guys just took up the entire? So one of my brothers was actually two of my brothers were catchers. Um, one was an outfielder and then one turned it in. So yeah, it was like, we're kind of all over the map, um, position wise, but it was a lot of fun. You know, we grew up, I mean, I had three brothers and we're all around the same age. So it was a fun childhood and we kind of just created chaos in the neighborhood and and we're always running around driving my mom nuts i'm sure but it was a lot of fun you know we all played baseball we're always you know playing out in the front yard playing basketball baseball whatever it was and and uh yeah that was kind of my childhood was kind of just revolved around sports um all year round with all of us playing everything so um yeah it was a lot of fun though so with the with the modern technology of basically being able to watch in almost any minor league team you know, online through the dot TV service, uh, are all of your siblings and your is everybody watching you and, and chiming in, cheering you on? What's the what's the interaction like as you're as you're working your way up the ladder? Yeah, they're always they're always checking in. You know, I can't say they're watching every night because it's a lot of games to watch and a lot of time spent. But my parents don't miss a game. But my brothers, they're always checking in uh asking how i'm doing um they're actually all going to come out um labor day weekend um my brothers haven't seen me play yet so i think they're all coming out labor day weekend to come check out some games in louisville so really excited about that um but yeah they've they've all been awesome they they know i'm chasing my dream and they've been nothing but you know supportive and nothing but excited for me 
So we will wrap up with this question, and I love to ask this question, uh, and especially for guys that have moved up through the system and are doing more and more media. Uh, a lot of times the media gets to a point where it's kind of the same questions and you, the answers get kind of packaged up and there's not really a lot of stuff thrown at you that you know is thought-provoking or a little bit different. So I always like to ask this. During an interview, what one thing do you wish people would ask you about and give you an opportunity to talk about? Wow. That's a really good question. Um, and don't worry. It always results in a pause while, while people think. So I know, you know, I've never, yeah, cause I've never been asked that question. Uh, man. I mean, I've, I've always been asked, you know, like, what do you do for fun? That kind of stuff. But cause the, the, the interesting thing about it is, and I'll kind of help, fill some time while you're thinking. Uh, the interesting thing about it is a lot of times these answers result in seeing a part of you that's away from the game or that, that's different than baseball. Uh, you know, some answers center around charity work. Some answers settle around hobbies. Uh, it just kind of depends on what's the first thing that pops into your mind. Yeah, I guess the first thing that pops into my mind is like, uh, like you're, you're, your off season, like, what are you doing in your off season to fill time? You know, it's like, I know you're not working out 24 seven. I guess, I, I guess the answer would be like your first two weeks, of your off season, what are you spending your time doing? So what, what do you, what do you do the first two weeks of so, your off season? So generally like how I, how I go about it is, you know, first two weeks after season, I kind of just, I have a total reset and I just don't do anything. You know, I just do, it's like my two weeks of summer, I guess, when I'm a kid in, in middle school where I'm just doing whatever I want. So, I mean, ideally, you know, it's it's golf for me. It's it's hanging out. It's going to dinners. Um, you know, just just having a total reset and just hanging out on the couch watching TV. Um, yeah, that's what I. That's that's the life for me. Uh, two weeks after uh, the season, so. Well, Spencer, I really appreciate the amount of time you've given us and you being here. Uh, I really do firmly believe that you know, we're going to see you very, very soon at the big league level. I wish you uh, tons of success. I think that you're going to be a name that we're talking about for many years to come. And I, I look forward to it. And I hope that, you know, as this journey continue, continues for you, we'll be able to uh, sit down again and uh, talk some more. 100%. Thank you so much. I appreciate having me. All right, that is Spencer Steer. We are going to wrap up there for today. Thank you so much for watching The Lefty in the Bullpen brought to you by the Locked on Reds podcast. To get all of these episodes plus everything else we are doing, click those subscribe buttons in your audio feeds. We are wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Click the subscribe, click the bell, never miss a beat. That's going to do it for me today. Again, I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker. This is The Lefty in the Bullpen. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.